Welcome, my friends. It is Monday. It is the Monday before New Hampshire's primary, which is tomorrow. It is the Monday after the Big Ron weekend. Oh, Green Bay Packers lost, too. Good. And a heartbreaker. Even better. I didn't watch any of the games. I don't care about that. That Dallas is out so good. Okay, and so it is a big political weekend. If you'd like to be a part of the program today to discuss what took place over the weekend, please feel free to join us. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. I have a go-to. Whenever big politics happens in America, whenever big politics happens in the world, there is one person that only one person now that Russia's gone to his heavenly reward and has returned his talent back to God, there is only one person whose voice I must hear and I must confer with, whether I disagree or not. Because when it comes to big politics in America, nobody knows politics like her. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. And her royalness is in the house. America's <laughs> Princess of Policy, Princess Diana Me. That's right. Big politics means the big brains come out. And there she is, no doubt (laughs) celebrating. Her guy appears to be triumphant in everything. (laughs) And I bet you you were celebrating with a bottle of your special Y2K blend water. All that water you saved up back when Y2K was going to... Diana had... Princess Diana, I know this. She had tried to corner the water market and get all of the available water. Back when the Y2 scare happened, I said, you got enough water there for about 30 years. She's still going through it on special occasions. Princess Di. I was younger then. I'm more mature and wiser now. Okay, so were you, uh, your highness, your majesty, shocked, surprised? When we last spoke, both of us, I mentioned to you, I, Princess Di, I read a report that uh, that uh, Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, your governor, was looking for an off-ramp. And you had a very curt, but he should be, something to that effect. <laughs> Within a day or two, he found the off-ramp. Even an hour before Ron DeSantis announced, or within the hour that he announced, his, his one of his top guys was asked by a reporter if he was considering dropping out. The guy, no, he's not going to drop out. Within the hour, DeSantis goes out, drops out. What happened? <laughs> well, you know, Nikki Haley is saying the same thing now. She's declaring in no uncertain terms she's going to keep going. This whole season of politics has been kind of like a roadrunner primer. You know how in the old cartoon, Wile E. Coyote would go over the cliff and then he'd keep going until he looked down, right? And then all of a sudden, gravity would take over. 
Well, that's what this has all been. The whole political world ran off the cliff pretending they've been in this fiction that this was going to be a contested primary season, that Trump was in trouble, that there's competition. And it never has been. They've been working themselves into a lather, gone over the cliff. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's looking down. Oh, by the way, we have no chance. We have no path. And they have gone plummeting into the valley along with Wiley E. Coyote, and they they have none of this. I mean, right now, if you read USA Today, they're now redoubling their excitement over what the path is for for uh, Nikki Haley and how she can have a high turnout and how she, it's all made up. It is all copium, hopium that they are breathing their own supply. And none of it is going to happen. None of it has been real. And so it is now time to make peace with all of the supporters, which are very few of the competition. And we've got to put our sights on Biden. That's it. Oh, so so wait a minute. No, you, so now you're saying you want to make peace. Is this right, Your Majesty? We'll make peace with Ron DeSantis and his crew, huh? Is that what you're saying? Well, only, I, I, I want to make sure that they're all on the same page, and I think they are, that we have well, to... Well, wait vote. just a minute. Listen to me. Listen to me, because will I ever trust a never-Trumper? Ever? No. So that is my perspective on this. We need their votes and then get out of the camp. I mean, uh, that is my perspective on them. You can never trust them when the, the push comes to shove, when, when Trump is going to be as president in trouble. Will they be there in the foxhole? None. None of them have been and none of them will be. But it's time to make sure that they vote for Trump. Other than that, they can go their separate ways. That doesn't sound like peace. That sounds like that sounds like disdain, actually. It doesn't... It is. And it's a pretend piece. I think that we all need to come together and vote for Trump. And then whatever they do after that, I really have no interest because they have shown their mettle and they are not going. I mean, you remember Ben Shapiro the whole time has also been a huge critic. And now today he now that there's no other pathway for any of his preferred candidates, he's now endorsed Trump. All of these people are with you when it doesn't matter. And when it does matter, when things are looking bleak, that's when you want the support. And they're never there. And that has been true with a lot of political establishment types. And I'm done with that. Now, wait a minute. Now, just hold on one second here. <laughs> you, I happen to know this were a big supporter of your governor, Ron DeSantis. In fact, on this very program, Your Majesty, you said that these were both very fine men, that this battle, though, had to happen. It was inevitable that it happened. But you had high praise for your governor, Ron DeSantis. Today... You you just you just use the words never trumper in the same sentence with Ron DeSantis, and I don't think Ron DeSantis has ever come out as a never trumper. He just said, I, I, "His supporters have, and if you watch them now, the online ones, they are basically saying they will vote for anyone else. Kennedy is who they're now going for instead of 
Trump. Who? And I tend to find myself in the never run camp. I, I think that I misjudged him. I saw the hype. I liked his policies. And then I watched him campaign. And he revealed himself. I will, I'm sorry, but when he did the 180 on Ukraine, that was when he first came out of the box. And then he pretended not to be campaigning. And he was only on a book, a book tour. He did a lot of deceitful things. He, and he also took the money from the establishment. He was Jeb Bush's preferred candidate. And all of the establishment plots and plans that have been going on for years with this guy became known. And so he had deceived me and I am no longer deceived there is an article in the Amazon Prime Washington Post this afternoon uh, it is by it's an analysis piece by Philip Bump the headline Jeb 2.0 returns to Florida and uh, of course speaking but but I will say that I Actually, Jeb got more electoral votes, the one right. that he got. So, yeah, you, so you Florida, think that's, that, the, that's the one thing I'm worried about. I think that DeSantis has really hurt himself politically in Florida, and I would hate to see that his political weakness now is going to result in the Democrats then the pendulum swing so that we get a government, state government, that is no longer Republican, thanks to DeSantis's absenteeism here since he got elected. And that would be a real shame. I hope he comes back and he puts his nose to the grindstone and he actually solves the insurance problems that are horrible in this state and does his job because the risks of, of Florida going back the other way are huge based on his lack of performance. Well, I was about to say, I think that there, people are very forgetful, and I'm not accusing you of this. I know you know this. But if it were not for Ron DeSantis, and when Ron DeSantis was out, much like Donald Trump, Trump had to stand alone, there was a period of time when when Governor DeSantis was standing alone against some of the biggest corporate uh, uh, entities in the world. No one, when he when when Disney first started attacking this Florida legislation, and Ron DeSantis stood up to Disney, I don't think very many people thought that that he would stand firm, but he did, and not only. Did he stand firm? Every time they push, he pushed back harder. And as a result of that, Disney has now, this is still, of course, being litigated, but they have lost their special treatment that the state had been giving them for decades. Because well, this was, and this was something that was a no-nonsense move. That's not what happened. And I am not going to take oh. the Disney side in a cultural argument at all against DeSantis, but it turns out Disney ran rings around DeSantis, and they were able to read the fine print of the law and get their people back in that special circumstance, and there was no coverage of it. But DeSantis lost profoundly in that fight, and yes, it, it did put the spotlight on Disney, and their stock prices have plummeted, and, and rightly so. Parents are more aware, and customers are more aware of just how nefarious a lot of their storytelling is but DeSantis did not come out of that politically stronger he did not beat them 
he came out politically stronger to me because it is an issue now that is on the map. And there was no other governor that stood up for the issue. He stood up stronger when he said we are not going to have these, this kind of uh, 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 pornography in textbooks for children. It's not going to be allowed. In fact, we're not going to have teachers grooming. He did not say that, but this is the effect of it. We're not going to have ideologically sexually driven teachers grooming young children in classrooms in the country. He stood against that. And as you know, there was an onslaught, and there still is an onslaught of criticism against him. After that, we've seen the growth of things. We've seen, and you pointed this out to me, the fact that this Moms for Liberty and so many other groups um, were grassroots. And all of that sprung, though, after DeSantis stood alone. I think that DeSantis is much stronger politically than still than any other governor in the country. And I think that he does deserve credit for actually uh, 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 changing the way that Republicans, who are usually timid about dealing with cultural issues, actually now have found the voice dealing with some of these horrors in the culture that have affected American life. Do you disagree with that? I do disagree with that. And this is a lot of inside baseball because he was correct in his rhetoric in the beginning. But if you look into what actually happened after that, he was phoning phoning it in because he was running for president and he wasn't here. He did not follow through and he lost a lot of political battles in the state itself. If you actually read what happened in the local press. So I agreed with his rhetoric in the beginning. I was very enthused about him. And then you, I'm sorry, I saw that he was not really interested in, the, in fighting. He took the incoming and then wore his badge of honor so that conservatives thought he was fighting. And then when it turned into what he needed to do, he, he lost a lot of political battles in the state. So I think that his skills he is going to come back now and refine his skills and probably try again. And hopefully he'll be able to be a better campaigner, but I'm never going to trust him. Nikki Haley, your thoughts on Nikki Haley is now, as you said, the, uh, the, the home, the, the founder of home Depot, one of the founders of home Depot is a huge supporter, but he said he's not throwing any money down that rat's nest. If, rat if, hole. That rat hole. <laughs> <laughs> and a supporter <laughs> calling her campaign a rebel. Yeah, a supporter who supported her with big bucks said was asked, he said, "Hey, if she doesn't do well in no in New Hampshire. I'm not putting any money in that rat hole." Good grief! Isn't that the sign that Nikki better be? You said earlier she should be looking for the exit ramp. But no, what do you I, think? I, go ahead. I'm sorry. So tomorrow's New Hampshire. Every poll has Trump leading, of course. Of course, we know we can't just trust polling. But what do you think? I mean, what do you think Nikki's chances are in New Hampshire? What happens if she loses by double digits to Trump or even single digits in New Hampshire? Well, I think it's going to be another blowout because, I, as I said, I think that the entire political world is over the cliff and they're tonight going to look down after tomorrow and see that they're plummeting into the canyon because it's not real. I think that she, who declared that she is not going to uh, get out of the race, is going to get out of the race by the end of the week. So there's your prediction, by the end of the week. Well, Princess Diana, lovely catching up with you. <laughs> As always, I'll go sit my wife in water. 
<laughs> yes, your celebratory Y2K water. <laughs> Thank you, Your Majesty. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, here with you. It is Monday. It is the Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. This is Steve Perry. Lead singer back then, of course, for Journey. Birthday today for Steve Perry. Now, I have always said, discussing music with friends, I love Steve Perry. But I always said, you know, Steve Perry reminds me of Sam Cooke in some way. His style reminds me of Sam Cooke. Today's birthday, also, 1931. I didn't know till today that the both, both of them. Sam Cooke and Steve Perry share birthday. Sam Cooke, 1931. WABC, Bo Service Rush Hour. Your call's coming ahead. Love to know what you think. 800-848-WABC. Keep it right here. Is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. On WABC Talk Radio 77. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Steve Perry brought us in. We had some Sam Cooke, and Steve Perry brings us back. This is from his first solo album. One of my favorite Steve. This is the one that I. This is the one that really made me key in on. You know, he he reminds me of Sam Cooke. Stylistically, but I'm not saying he's copying him. Okay, I would love to hear what you have to say about the state of the race. We heard from Princess Di. Whether you agree, do you think that Ron DeSantis has some real problems going ahead? What? We're not even in 2024, and already people are saying 2028. Ron DeSantis will retool. What happens with Nikki? Do you think Nikki Haley's career is over if she loses tomorrow in New Hampshire? There is Fanny Gate news, and the Fanny Gate news doesn't move the ball down the road too much. The divorce may be unsealed between Fanny's paramour, the man that loves Fanny's Fanny more than anybody else loves Fanny's Fanny. That man's wife has been, she's the one that brought the receipts. And the headlines in Fanny Gate, details of Fanny Willis alleged improper relationship with prosecutor may go public as judge unseals his divorce case. Evidence of Fulton County District Attorney Fanny Willis in proper relationship with Nathan Wade, who I remind you, before being assigned by Fanny's Fanny to be the lead prosecutor in the most important political case in American history to date, 
this lead prosecutor was dealing with traffic tickets, traffic issues. He was in traffic court. It is said that he has a thin, thin resume. That is what they said of Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard. She was elevated that position with a thin resume. Hadn't published a book even. Wrote just a few little articles, but here she is as president. Lording over the true scholars, many of whom have devoted their life to writing and scholarship, but she had a thin resume. But she made it anyway to become the president. This guy is in traffic court one day. He's dealing with traffic tickets. The next week, after touching up Fanny's Fanny, he's dealing with the former president of the United States, with people like our beloved mayor, Giuliani, because this is a RICO case. He's never even had this, no zero, zero experience with RICO. He's calling upon the governor of his state, and boy, did he botch that up. Politico had that story. No experience with any of this. A thin resume. But he's elevated to the most important political case in the history of the United States of America. While the divorce records have been being unsealed. That is some of the news from Fanny Gate. But let me tell you, my friends, if this doesn't illustrate to you the power of the Fanny, how powerful Fanny. If you have the right Fanny, look at the world we live in. Women are putting their fannies all over the place. You go to the beach, you see fanny everywhere. One fanny after another fanny, don't matter. Doesn't matter. They could be big fannies, small fannies. They're all in these little bitty, bitty bikinis, so you can see every inch of the fanny. You see fanny with cellulite on it, you see fanny that's smooth. You open up the tabloids, you see fanny in the tabloids. You go on social media. There's more Fanny staring you in the face. There have been women that have come from obscurity who are now, there's one family of billionaires, thanks to the Fanny. There are women who you don't know their names, but you would know their Fannies because you see them so much. And they too have made out like bandits on social media. And now, Fanny has come to politics. And it's big, Fanny. Fanny is powerful. The power of the Fanny. 1966, on this day, the Beach Boys went into Gold Star Studios. Came out with that one. Wouldn't it be nice? And isn't it nice? To be with Bo Snurley here on WABC Talk Radio 77. 800-848-WABC is the number.
Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, I got a text from world-famous broadcast engineer Mike Mamone. says, where's Big Butts? The fanny is everywhere. Everywhere. Open up the newspaper, there's Fanny. Many Fannies. Turn on the TV, there's Fanny. Go on X, there's Fanny. Anyway, WABC Talk Radio 77. Let's head to some telephone calls. Sandra in New Jersey, welcome. How are you? Welcome. Oh, hi, James. Hi, James. Good afternoon. You know, I was listening to uh, Princess Di, and, and the more I get to know her, she has very, very high standards, and I really like that. I feel, as far as Ron DeSantis goes, he did the right thing. He stepped down, and he, um, and hopefully, I hope those votes go to Donald Trump. Nikki Haley, I'll tell you, James, I'm a little worried tomorrow because the numbers that she has right now are not shabby. They're kind of high, and I, and I always worry something can happen. But I think that um, that's my concern about tomorrow. I'm do really you worried, do you but... think that Nikki Haley presents, Sandra, do you think that Nikki Haley really presents a threat to uh, Donald Trump achieving the Republican nomination again? No, no, I don't. But sometimes funky things happen. That's all I'm saying. But I, right. I, I wanted to tell you, you remember you brought up that thing about her past, but she had a little bit, she was a little frisky a little bit. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the Daily Mail brought it up. I just reported on the story. Apparently, the Daily Mail, Mail says they have affidavits that Nikki, yeah, despite yeah. her denials, wasn't just <laughs> didn't have just one, but had two other lovers besides her husband, and that she was, uh, you know, doing things like uh, canoodling around in the in the official government SUV back in the day, and yes. oh, but that was the past. Right. I mean, so see, maybe she was a little warm blooded, but you know that was that was then. This is now. Well, this James, mm-hmm. you want to hear you want to hear my thoughts on that? Okay, yes, please. I looked it up. Okay, I looked it up, and it's very very true. But I think she has a, ch- a daughter. Now she did the same thing to Frankie when she. Okay, she has two said. kids. So she's doing this hanky-panky when she has children around. I, I don't think that that alone really makes me upset because, yeah, I'm telling you. I mean, okay, uh, okay, let me ask you. Let me just play devil's advocate with you. I hate that term, but anyway, because this also came up when I was talking with some friends, and they said, you never, how dare you report this on Nikki Haley? You have never reported on all the allegations about Trump or any other man's extramarital affairs, et cetera, et cetera. Only women, only women. And that's not, I do talk about what's in the news and if it's extramarital affairs. We have talked about that. I've been talking about that for decades. I, we even talk occasionally, we now, we remind people that not only did uh, Bill Clinton lead the way for this, and at the time we all said, this was when Bob Dole was back, Character matters. Character. Why? Where's the outrage? Where's the outrage? And and people were saying, "Where is the outrage?" And then and then and then Bill Clinton came out, shook that bony finger in America. I, I never had sex with that woman, uh, Monica Lewinsky. I need to get back to work. 
Then later on, we found out in the Star Report he was using that poor little intern as a cigar humidor, a live cigar humidor. If you don't know what that means, you just think about it for a minute. But that's what Bill Clinton did to that poor little girl. And then he was staining up her dress with his... <clears throat> and, um, and, and then everybody said, so what? And so Bill Clinton just, so what? And so Nikki Haley had two lovers while her husband was serving in the military, apparently away from home. Um, and, but here's the question. Here's the question, Sandra. Men have affairs and the children are at home. Why do we put the emphasis if a woman is having an affair or two or maybe more? And the children are at home. What? I'm getting texted. So that's my question for you, Sandra. Should it make a difference if the children are at home, men or women? I have an answer to that. I'm a mother. I have a daughter. Yes. And I, mm-hmm. and I know that if I ever did something not right, my daughter would find out. And I'm the mother. I'm the one she's with most of the time. It's not going to sit right by her, and 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 she and I'm supposed to be quote the role model. So you know that's what? That right. Bothers me. It does bother me too. Here's what else bothers me. I see all these women, their fannies out everywhere, every inch of that fanny on display, and I wonder when these kids go to school, their kids, because you know this happens. The kids go to school, and their little classmates sitting next to them. <laughs> hey, Joey, guess what? What? Hey, here's a picture of your mommy's fanny. <laughs> it's like, I don't understand the thinking of today, of some of what happens today. I just don't get it. There seems to be not, it's not, it's all about me. It's not about the kids. It's all about me. And I think that that part is is something cultural that just went haywire. I'll give you the last word on this, Sandra. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something. Well, I don't know if I should say this, but when I'm, I, I was, my career was that of an executive recruiter. And I remember early on in my career, there was a beach in Brooklyn, um, and, and you can go there nude if you want. So <laughs> I would go there with my husband. But I would never take my clothes off, but I would go there because I thought it's a little more fun than going to a regular beach. And I always would say to myself, I would never do that. If someone that I interviewed saw me like that, I would never live it down. So my career was also very important to me, too. And, and that's one, another reason why, you know, you do the right thing in your life. You have, you have principles that you want to follow. You know what it's called? It's called there was a word for this. And we used to teach this in society, modesty, not today. There's no such thing in certain quarters of modesty. Be modest. Don't call attention to yourself. That's gone. Thank you, Sandra. WABC Talk Radio 77. Let us head to Debbie in Staten Island. Debbie, you're up next. Hi, Bo. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I think the other candidates that went against Trump, there was no contest. And I'll tell you why. Because the Democrats, with their total failure in this administration, and we could list them all, 
economically, open border, whatever. They tore up the Constitution and they went by the Marxist playbook. And our man Trump is a constitutional man who wants to restore us back to our constitutional republic. So they did us a favor by showing their car and putting this man back into the White House. I don't think anybody has a chance to run against our Mr. Donald J. Trump. Hmm, interesting. Let me just share with you, by the way, you started talking about the economy. There is a piece that's either in the New York Times or the Amazon Prime Washington Post today. The economy, people are feeling better about the economy. Will this help Joe Biden? And I looked at this piece, I'm like, are you kidding me? They all, I've never seen such false optimism. There was a story the other day about how uh, people don't understand. And this, again, was in one of those, it was either or, it was either the New York Times or the Amazon Prime Washington Post, how people don't understand how much inflation has slowed and how good that is. Well, the fact of the matter is, inflation has slowed from its peak of how fast it was growing, but it's still growing. And so what they're suggesting is that people should feel good about the fact that rising prices are still happening because they're not rising as fast as they were rising when inflation first started rising. This makes absolutely no sense. Everybody that goes into a supermarket or that shops online can understand that things today cost a lot more than they did when Joe Biden came. And as for all these people feeling good about the economy, there is perhaps among very well-off people who don't pay attention to the, the, who are not suffering, I should say, through the pressures of increased costs. It's not going to, they'll still pay the mortgages. They'll still pay the rent. And by the way, I'm not saying that, Joseph, nothing against, I love, I love the fact that people can become rich and get rich. Not one hint of jealousy about it. Please. This is what America is all about. Do better. But I would say that one should not conflate those people who are okay with where everything is in their own personal life because of wealth. Don't conflate that with the masses. Because a large number of people across this country are suffering through the Biden economy, and the the mainstream media can keep playing all these words, salad games they want to. Nothing is going to change that. It is time for us, ladies and gentlemen, to check in with Lou Dobbs, speaking of the economy. Today is the birthday for Addie Harris. Addie Harris with the Shirelles. They were the first all-female black group ever in the United States to have a number one record. And this was it. Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow came out in 1961. Addie Harris passed away in 1982, but she sure did have some years to enjoy the success of the Shirelles. Golden 
known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Two thousand twenty-one. James Purify of the duo James and Bobby Purify passed away. COVID nineteen complications. This was their big hit. Nineteen sixty-six. On WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Bose, presents Rapid Phones. And let's head to Rick in Elmwood. How are you, Rick? Good, James. Yourself? Good. Thanks. Uh, we got to, uh, you got to check out Argentina President Javier Millet at Davos, slamming the elites at Davos, called out the Western world for turning socialist. And he didn't mention specifically the global warming scam, but he said the man against nature thing is their way of taking over everything on the planet. Excellent. This guy is going to be a force to be reckoned with. But he's going to face, and he's already facing some internal battles down there, as well as the new leader of Ecuador. Gracie in Rockland County. Gracie, my Gracie, how are you? Fine, sweetheart. Listen, the Democrats and Fannie, they think they could get away with everything because they have the media in their pocket. Look what Clinton got away with. Does anybody remember Juanita Broadwick? Uh, and also, when I was at Atlantis last summer, I saw so many Fannies. I thought, are these people absolutely crazy? They're little Amazons, and they're walking around with their fanny. Absolutely. The fannies are everywhere. The power of the fanny is everywhere. Gracie, love you, love you, love you. Thank you. Denise in Brooklyn, you're up next. Hi. Um, years ago, after 9-11, people were starting to talk about, oh, the, uh, if we hadn't given so much help to Israel and the Jews, 9-11 uh, wouldn't have happened. So someone said, no, you, you're listening to the wrong radio station. Turn on ABC. I turn on ABC, and there's Rush Limbaugh, and, he said, and somebody's asking him, What's a neocon? And he says, code word for Jew. Now I'm hearing Jews using that word, and I'm wondering, what's the new meaning of it? Uh, of Jews who actually support Israel. Hmm. And people who actually, concern, people on the right who actually support Israel in the face of everything else. But I, I don't know. I'd really have to take that. I'd have to think about that a little bit more. That was just my first off the blush. But this whole neocon thing. And what Rush was talking about, right, when they say neocons, they were, t they were saying a specific number of Jews who are, who think more to the right. So that was the code word in the left, the neocons. Like they're not really conservatives. Thank you for the call, Denise. Mike in New Jersey, you're up next. James, how you doing? I think I have the perfect theme song for your Fanny Willis updates. The old yes. Larry Williams classic, Short Fat Fanny. Is my heart's desire. It's perfect. Short fat Short fanny. Keep fat fanny is my heart's desire. Yes, you know Larry Williams' great, great classic tune. You know it. We'll have to, we'll have to examine that fanny piece. As <laughs> oh, yes, we'll have to examine the fanny. Mike, thank you for the suggestion. We appreciate it. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, it is. Um, I want to say a few words before we leave here today. Dexter King passed away. Dexter King 
the youngest son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King died. He was seven years old when Dr. King was assassinated. One of my dear friends, Madison Jones, is was best friends with Dexter King. In fact, spoke with him last night and was shocked to learn that he had made his transition this morning or during the overnight hours with because of the conversation they had last night would give no indication that he would be leaving. Um, our condolences, of course, to the King family. Dexter King was an amazing man and was also working very, very deeply in making sure that his father's and the family intellectual property was handled right. And so my condolences to my dear friend Madison Jones on losing his best friend, Dexter King. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be here with you. And God willing, God willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Do it again. Till then, 